Hey, Startup Nation, I am so glad you came back to join us for another edition of The Startup Life. You clearly are ready to get the tools you need to get ahead of the competition. Go ahead and give us a five-star rating while you're here. Now, if you're looking for an ad-free experience, go ahead and sign up for our Patreon page, where you will get exclusive content and access to our digital products that we're beginning to launch. The link is there in the show notes. And if you want to ask questions directly to some of our guests, follow the Startup Life Podcast Club on Clubhouse, as some of our conversations will start to happen. In there, but back to the task at hand. Are you ready to level up? Of course, you are. Get ready as the Startup Life Podcast begins now. It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation. So, I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is the Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career. Minor professionals, you know, startup, startup nation. What if I told you that the exact qualities that bring you uh, to found a startup company, you know, your brilliance and expertise are what may prevent you from achieving success? Well, we have a fantastic guest here for you on the show today. He is a serial entrepreneur and the author of The Entrepreneur's Paradox, How to Overcome the 16 Pitfalls Along the Startup Journey. He is Curtis J. Morty. Curtis, how are you good, sir? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Dominic. Oh, no worries, man. It's it's, it's totally uh, our pleasure. And I was telling you uh, before we started recording, but I want to get this on wax, man. You have a fantastic book, sir. You have definitely have a fantastic book. And Startup Nation, uh, I definitely highly recommend that you pick up The Entrepreneur's uh, Paradox. There's a lot of stuff in there that uh, we don't normally talk about in entrepreneurial space, uh, but we definitely should a little bit more. So I just wanted to say that and get that on wax uh, first and foremost before we kind of get started today. Thanks so much. No it was uh, a passion project and something that I really feel can can help entrepreneurs not have to make the same mistakes that I made in, in several of my businesses. Absolutely. 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 But before we kind of get into the book a little bit and stuff like that, uh, you know, the past you know year has been a wild one, especially for uh, whether you're an entrepreneur or not an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Uh, but I- I'm curious, you know, what are some things that you personally or professionally kind of learned uh, from, you know, uh, the past year that you plan on kind of remembering, you know, from from here on out? Just curious about yeah. that. One of the biggest things, it's funny because I actually get asked a lot um, the question, is it is now, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, is now a good time to start a business? Mm-hmm. And and I love this question because I, I give an emphatic yes. Okay. Not, not just a regular yes, but an emphatic yes. The, right. This is the time. And, and the reason why is because we are seeing unprecedented change in the world. In, in my lifetime, I've never seen so much change. Right. Uh, and every time there's a change, there's another word for it, and that's opportunity. Mm, that's right. Another name for change is opportunity. And, and I've been amazed at some of the incredible entrepreneurs that I've either coached or are friends with or have heard about that have not only adapted, but have had totally thrived in this new environment because they saw the opportunity. They saw where the demand was shifting to right. and they took advantage of it. For sure. For sure. Now we're definitely seeing a lot of people, uh, you know, start the, that, uh, that journey, that entrepreneur journey over the past year, you know, because they saw what you're exactly talking about. They saw opportunity, not necessarily the, you know, the, to, you know, uh, 
uh, take advantage of somebody's like downfall or anything like that. But it's just more so a standpoint like, you know, as the you know economy and stuff like that was kind of like at a standstill. I tell people all the time, it's a great time to either start a company or go back to school, uh, because once everything starts, you know, picking up, which is starting to do now, you're, you're there. You are, you know, you know, hitting the ground running when you agree with that. Absolutely. And, and if I could share a story, please to do yeah. illustrate the point. Um, one of my favorite young entrepreneurs, her name is Kylie Chen. Mm. And um, she has a company called Echinella Expeditions, which is a, a global travel and expedition company. And if you think about, you know, what are the two biggest industries that got hit during COVID? It's the food industry, you know, restaurants and eating out and travel. Right. Now, those are those are some of the biggest the biggest to take a hit. And she was running a multi-million dollar organization. And in one month, it all stopped. Like everything went to zero. Right. And, you know, her, her options were she could throw up her hands and say, okay, COVID, you win. I'm, I'm done. Right. Or, or what she did was that she said, well, let me, let's think about this for a minute. Did the demand disappear? Just because of COVID, does that mean people no longer want to travel? No wonder, no longer want to have adventure in their life or or go exploring. And the answer was no. People still have that desire, still have that need. And so then she asked another really important question: Is well, where did that demand go? Where did that desire go? Right. If it's not internationally, and so she said, "All right, well, people still can travel in the U.S. They can still travel domestically." So she started a second company called Wonder Camp, and um, it's glamping experiences near the most amazing places in the United States, national parks and some just incredible places. And now she is on track to do as much or more business than she had before. And as soon as COVID ends, now she's got two burgeoning businesses that are, are set to explode. I hear that. I hear that. Definitely always love hearing that, but also definitely love hearing that for my audience and letting them hear those stories because Startup Nation, look, I I get it. Like there's a lot of adversity over the past year or even before uh, the pandemic. But when you hear stories like that, it lets you know, uh, A, that you're not alone. And then B, there's definitely ways to move and progress for. So thank you, Curtis, for illustrating that point even more. I really appreciate that, brother. Yeah. And once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Curtis J. Morley, the author of The Entrepreneur's Paradox. And if you want to get your copy, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I highly recommend that you get a copy of this book. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access. If you listen to the replay on the podcast, what what prompted this book, man? You know, I, I know that, you know, it probably you know, a lot of love, a lot of long nights, man. Just how, talk about the impetus for this book a little bit, because it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun because um, people ask how long it took me to write the book. And um, I have two answers. One is it took 15 years. And <laughs> wow, I believe that. I believe that. The other is the actual time it took me to write. And the reason I say it took 15 years is, is that I, I wrote this book for the, the up and coming entrepreneur. Right. In a way, I kind of wrote it for myself when I was 25 mm-hmm. years old. Gotcha. And and if there were, if there was any advice I could go back and say, Hey, Curtis, you know, stop doing this, start doing this. You're okay. Let's make this happen. Um, if I could go back and sit down with myself, this is the manual that I would give to myself. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Now I can definitely understand that. I was literally just about to ask you, man, once we figure out time travel, will you go and throw this book back to 25 year old you? So I guess that kind of answers my question. And Startup Nation, when you go through this book, you know, it's divided up. It has the the 16 pitfalls, like each one of them kind of like highlights a chapter of the pitfall uh, and stuff like that. And I I just want to kind of no, we're not going to go through all of them, obviously, but uh, I want to ask you with pitfall one, seeing the swamp and not the mountains, but in particular, uh, you talk about three mountain ranges, the lifestyle range, the buy or be bought range and the IPO slash private offering range. Kind of talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind, Curtis. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So the when an entrepreneur starts a business, you know, it's it's fun because oftentimes the, it started with and I should say most of the time it started with a passion or a talent or some skill. Right. And entrepreneurs say, you know what, I'm really good at X, you, you name it, whether right. it's software development or, or building carbon fiber guitars, or they've got some really cool idea that they want to start like a travel expedition company. And they say, I'm really good at this. And everyone else starts to recognize it as well. They're like, yeah, you are really good at that. You make the best, let's say, cupcakes. You make right. the best cupcakes in the world. Can I buy some of those cupcakes from you? I'm sorry. And- I, I, I laugh at cupcakes because anytime I give an entrepreneurial uh, example on this show, I talk about cupcakes. So I just had to want to get a quick <laughs> laugh in there. But go ahead, man. I'm sorry about that. Perfect. Perfect. That's great. And so everybody's coming and saying, hey, I've got to buy your cupcakes. This is so amazing. You need to start a business. And the entrepreneur goes, well, of course I do. Of course, I need to start a business. Right. If I'm good at baking cupcakes, then of course, I'm good at business. And unfortunately, the two have nothing to do with each other. Okay. And so when the entrepreneur dives in, they realize, oh, there's so much more. And they just all, they all of a sudden realize that it's not just the glory of, of the most amazing cupcake they've ever tasted. Now there's things like legal and HR and payroll and taxes and marketing and, and sales and all of these other aspects right. that, um, that they are, I call them in the book, The Entrepreneur's Paradox, I call them the wrestling alligators. Mm. And, and it's not until the entrepreneur is able to break free from wrestling the alligators every day that they all of a sudden, instead of looking down at the swamp, now they're looking up. And when they look up, there's only three destinations an entrepreneur can end up. The one is a lifestyle business, meaning something to give me enough income to have a a happy, peaceful lifestyle. And the second is a buyer be bought or an acquisition strategy. So growing rapidly to be able to either be acquired or to acquire other companies. Right. And then the final one is an IPO, an initial public offering on the stock market with Dow or now NASDAQ or even the London Exchange, wherever you're going to um, have your offering. And that's that's it. There's only those three destinations. And this is one of the fun things that I love to do with entrepreneurs is help them see you've only got three paths. Now let's decide which mountain range you're going to climb. And when once they see that, it's it's almost this liberating like, oh, wow. Oh, you're right. There is really only three paths. And now let's find, you know, which mountain range am I going to climb? Gotcha. You know, I, I definitely uh, appreciate that, you know, because I, I thought it was just interesting because like, wow, that, those really are the the three, you know, kind of ranges or what you call them, whatever. But those really are the type of three type of strategies when we come into uh, entrepreneurship, because I so I really wanted to ask you that. So I appreciate you sharing that as well. You know, later in the book, 
you, you talk about pitfall four, trusting your fears, right? And you talk about the one letter. He talks about the one letter startup nation that changes fear into power. Kind of shared that one with, cause I thought that one was really interesting. I'm so glad you brought this up because this is one of my favorite principles is in entrepreneurship, you're doing a lot of things that you've never done before, but you're also doing a lot of things that no one has ever done before. Right. And so there's a lot of unknowns and with unknowns, there's oftentimes a lot of fear. And, and that's one thing that when I, when I mentor and coach entrepreneurs that I'm able to help them to break out of fear. And there's one letter, there's one single letter that changes fear into power. And that letter is S. Um, And if I can illustrate, please the the phrase that we often tell ourselves, the the internal conversation that's playing inside our heads um, starts with what if. What if I don't succeed? What if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not smart enough? What if the you know there's a global pandemic and my business shuts down? What if? What if we can we can what if ourselves to death, um, speculating on the future? And I, and I have a dear friend Richard Bass who um, who coined the phrase that fretting on the future fuels fear, perplexing on the past produces pain. Mm. Only the present provides peace and power. I heard that. And, and so if we take that what if, if we take that what if and we drop the F off the end and we replace it with an S, so now instead of what if, we say what is. And we look at what is in my power to, to do today. What is my next step? What is my goal? What is the destination I'm going to I'm going to strive for now, what is the thing I can do today to change my destiny? And, and can you feel that? Like when I talk about it, absolutely. Can you feel the difference in the what if statements and the what is? I absolutely can. And, and that's why it, it, it stood out to me, right? It, 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 it goes back to that whole, that whole Occam's razor thing. Like sometimes the biggest problems is to have the simplest solutions. That's what it made me uh, think about it. it. It totally changed the dynamic of mindset, thinking and everything else. So that's why it stood out. So, you know, that, that's why, you know, I, I appreciate that, but I'm sorry. I mean, to cut you off. No, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because th- that's it. it. It is a super simple solution to, um, to just stopping the fear right. and taking control of, of our lives. And instead of saying, I'm a victim to the pandemic or I'm, mm. I'm a victim to my situation, is just changing that and reframing it and saying, what is in my power right now that I can control? What is something I can do to change this situation? You know, like Kylie asked with, you know, her, her travel expedition company, she said, what is the demand? If the demand is no longer um, global travel, then what is the demand? Well, the demand is domestic travel. People still want to have adventures. And she was able to reframe that conversation and say, you know what, I've got the, the demand is still there. I've just got to tap into it. And if, if she were to what if herself to death, then it would have been easy just to say, oh, well, there goes my business and you know, shut the doors. But she didn't. She said, what is in my power? What can I do today? 
Absolutely. It, uh, Startup Nation, look, like I said, it totally it totally gives you the power back. It, it really does. You know, I mean, how many times have we sat at the kitchen table? It's like, man, you know, it was like the night before a presentation. Like, man, what if the presentation don't go well? What if they don't get it? What if, you know, whatever. Right. But we're changing mm-hmm. it to that 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 that, you know, to that S. It really does. Uh, change everything on a dime, which is why Startup Nation, I highly recommend that you pick up the Entrepreneur's uh, Paradox, How to Overcome the 16 Pitfalls Along the Startup Journey. And once again, Startup Nation, that book is available now. We have a link there in the show notes if you listen to the replay on the podcast and if you're listening on radio, uh, just wherever you get your favorite books. I want to ask you, Curtis, you know, about pitfall uh, number eight, not stepping up as a leader. And you have in here the six jobs of the entrepreneurial leader. Just kind of want to point them out really quickly. Set the vision, inspire others, clear the path, lead, foster innovation. And the big one for me, and I see a lot of people, number six, be 100% accountable. I want to repeat that one more time. Be 100% accountable. I would love for you to nail that one down a little bit more. But if you want to talk about the other ones, that's fine with me as well. Yeah, that, that's great. Um, so I'm sure you're, you're familiar with Jocko Willink. Absolutely. The, the, you know, he, he's actually written a book um, all about being accountable, being 100% accountable. Right. And, um, and, and this one, to truly be a leader, a leader means that I am going to, I'm going to take control of my destiny. I'm going to be the one that, that makes this succeed. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be the one that's accountable for it not succeeding. And, um, and it really is in our power to create the future. Right. And not only create the future of yourself, but create the future of your company. And, and the, the best leaders, they don't point fingers. They don't say, um, you know, who's to blame. They don't say, oh, this is your fault. The, the best leaders, they, they, don't, they really aren't even consi- concerned about who's right or what's right. They're simply concerned about what's best. Mm. What is the best action we can take? Right. And then they, they own it. They own the responsibility for that. And um, I've, I've been really blessed to have examples in my life of great leaders um, Sean Moon, who worked with me at Franklin Covey, now is the CEO of Zero Res, and my former business partner, Andrew Sibley. Mm-hmm. Now, an amazing, amazing leaders that say, you know what? There is no blame here. It's, it ends with me. The buck stops with me. And, um, and one thing that I love is that they realize that, that people don't typically fail. Systems fail. Right. That people really want to do their best. They want to contribute. They want to be part of something great. And the leaders are the ones that help them. They clear the path. They inspire the others. But then they're they're accountable to say, if something's not working, that means there's some system that needs to be changed. And people don't usually fail. It's usually systems that fail. For sure. For sure. No, I, I definitely understand that i'm reminded of the the uh the less brown quote there's not a secret to success there's a system to uh success when you talk about you know uh systems and people that is the you know systems that fail not people 
uh, and stuff like that. But, you know, but it also made me think about when I read this part about 100 percent accountable, it reminded me. Uh, and minus, you know, whatever, you know, anybody started mentioning your political affiliation, George W. Bush in the, in the uh, I believe it was around 2003 or or something like that. It, somewhere in his term where he was talking about the Iraq war and stuff like that, talked about there were some failings and stuff like that. And he talked about anywhere where there was triumph, we did it as a team. Anywhere where there was failure, that's on me. And so when I read that part in your book, that's what it made me think about, about being 100 percent uh, accountable uh, but also kind of providing cover for your team and the people you're responsible for. A lot of times as entrepreneurs, especially these days, and Curtis, I'm pretty sure you know all about this. Entrepreneurship has become a bit trendy. You know what I mean? It's all about I'm a boss and I got the I got the big boots mm-hmm. and this and the other. Right. But we yeah. don't <laughs> but we don't talk about the part about like on accountability. So that's why I absolutely love that part of the book. I just wanted to point that out, Curtis. Thanks. For sure. For sure. Uh, You know, and, you know, another pitfall you talk about pitfall nine entrepreneurial neglect. You know, you talk about mental health and sleep. But one of the biggest uh, things uh, you talk about that resonated with me was eating a healthy breakfast. We 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 we, it's one of those things where it's like we take it for granted. You know what I mean? I want to just read this short part. Uh, uh, on here, uh, eat a healthy uh, quote, eat a healthy breakfast, slow digestion, protein like eggs or an omelet in the morning lasts longer than empty carbs like cold cereal. Good oatmeal will also provide a more sustained energy release. Have a tasty breakfast and savor it by enjoying the flavors and smell. Soak up the sensor ple- sensory pleasures End quote. And so the reason I wanted to bring that up because it highlights what this book is, right? It's one of those things where it's like we have books, we see books all the time about entrepreneurship, this build a business that, you know what I mean? And we have some books that, you know, give you how to steps or whatever. Right. But this is at a, at a whole nother like subatomic level to quote, you know, Ant-Man and the Wops here. Sorry, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an MCU person, but it, it, it goes to like a subatomic level as far as like the success, man. Kind of talk about uh, that, you know, not necessarily just the eating and breakfast part, but that writing style of yours, you know, kind of talk about that if you don't mind. Yeah, the, the one of the biggest things that I found is that entrepreneurs love to neglect themselves. Mm. Entrepreneurs love to work the late nights and um, it's almost a status symbol of how little sleep you can get. And you know, they they let themselves go as far as um, health and wellness and right. uh, and those things. And truly, the greatest gift any of us have to give the world or to give others is a happy, healthy you. Mm, That's right. the best gift we have to give anyone else. And truly, the if you if you scrape everything away, that's really the only gift we have to give to others. Right. And, um, and if we don't take care of ourselves, we're not, we're going to be neglecting the business. We're not going to be taking care of others. It's going to be hard. We're going to be more stressed. The cortisol levels will raise in our brain and just taking time. Um, I, I put it at the beginning and end of each day, you know, and I, I walk through this in the book, the entrepreneur's paradox. I talk about, um, the power hour, taking an hour every morning and, exercising, eating right, praying or meditating, um, and setting your schedule, setting your goals and locking in your power, right. taking time every day for yourself. 
And you think, well, well I've, got, I've got too much to do. There's so many things that I've got on my plate and right. I don't have time for this, you know, this fluffy stuff. <laughs> and, and the truth is, is if you really want to be productive, if you really want to make your business successful, the first thing you have to do is take care of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. You sound like my dad. He tells me that all the time. Like you can't, you can't take care of nobody else if you don't take care of yourself, brother. So it works the same uh, in a business. So I definitely understand that. Two more questions about the book before we transition, man. Once again, I'm having a great conversation uh, with Curtis J. Morley, the author of The Entrepreneur's Paradox, How to Overcome the 16 Pitfalls Along the Startup Journey. And once again, Startup Nation, I highly recommend uh, you purchased this book. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access. If you listen to the replay on the podcast and if you listen to radio, you can pick this book, book, book up wherever you get your favorite books. One of the things you talk about in this book is, is something that was new to me. I, I don't I don't hear I've never heard of it or at the very least I don't hear about it often. Survivorship bias. You know what I mean? And you have this fantastic story in the book about a statistician a little bit. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. the The survivorship bias is is um, comes from World War II, where the the military was looking to understand how they can reinforce their planes because they wanted to have fewer planes shot down, and so they they started gathering data. They would look at where the bullet holes are in the airplanes that would come and land back on the aircraft carrier or, or make it back to base. And they started um, gathering all this data around the the bullet holes in the plane. Right. And they noticed that the majority of the bullet holes were on the wings, um, very, very few in the cockpit or the engine area, along the fuselage, et cetera. And they, they started identifying this and they said, okay, well, for sure, based on our data, we need to reinforce the wings. And, and keep in mind, planes have to be light. So they didn't have the ability just right. to say, hey, we're going to, you know, throw a tank up in the sky and hope it flies. <laughs> Where, right. You know, they, they had to be very selective with how they how they go through and and reinforce the planes. And so they were just about to they were just about to say, OK, let's reinforce the wings and some areas on the fuselage. And then uh, a brilliant young statistician who actually it's it's kind of crazy. He actually defected from the, the Axis um, over to the Allies and right. residents in the United States, um, he said, you know, we're, we're missing something here. And they, they were about to make a critical mistake in, in what they were going to do to reinforce these planes. Mm -hmm. And he said, what we're missing is we're only looking at the planes that made it back. Right we're only looking at the planes that um, actually made it back to the aircraft carrier or made it back to, made it back to the, the base. And he said, we need to look at the planes that didn't make it back. And we actually need to flip our entire thing because what they found was the planes that made it back with all these bullet holes. Those were the survivors, right? He didn't take a look at, or they didn't take a look at well, where, where are the bolt holes in the planes that didn't make it back. That's what we need to fix. And so this brilliant young, you know, he was a Jewish Hungarian statistician named Abraham Wald. Um, he said, we need to actually flip our hypothesis because the ones that have the bolt holes in the engine 
those ones go down. The ones that have the bullet holes in the cockpit where the, sh the pilot gets shot, those are the ones that go down. And they said, okay, we've got to look at this bigger picture and we've got to actually reinforce the areas that don't have the bullet holes because those are the ones that didn't survive. All right, Startup Nation, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. we got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. Check it out, Startup Nation. I know many of you are trying to improve your marketing performance, right? You have your business or your e-commerce store, and you're trying to increase that brand awareness. No worries. I got you. You should listen to the brand new Keep Optimizing podcast. That's optimizing with an S and not a Z. It's a marketing podcast that will provide you with not only the latest tips and advice in the game, but also you will hear from experts in their field when it comes to email marketing, SEO, and more. This is a must-listen-to podcast for my e-commerce entrepreneurs. It's hosted by Chloe Thomas, who is a 15-year marketing expert, best-selling author, and award-winning podcast host. It's already a top-20 marketing podcast in seven countries, so clearly you're going to get amazing value every episode. So as you can see, Stoutermation, you're in good hands with my girl, CT. So listen and subscribe to the Keep Optimizing podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you like to get your favorite podcast. You can also get more information at keepoptimizing.com. The link is there in the show notes. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. From their plane windows, people traveling to and from Chicago may notice the shape of a cross in a field outside the city. This cross is made entirely of rows of solar panels that help power a Catholic seminary. The shape of it is really something I think is special. Father John Karchi is the rector and president of Mundelein Seminary at the University of St. Mary of the Lake. He says the 300-kilowatt array, which went online in December, is the first solar installation at a U.S. Catholic seminary. The project is saving the seminary money on electricity bills and Karchi says it represents the environmental stewardship that's central to Catholic teaching. Six years ago, Pope Francis wrote an encyclical, a formal letter that called upon the world to reduce its use of fossil fuels and limit global warming. And long even before Pope Francis, it's been part of the Catholic social justice tradition, recognizing that care for the earth you know, isn't just sort of one amongst many good tasks we should take on, but it really is central to creation, which we receive as a gift from God. So he says going solar made sense, financially and as an expression of the Catholic faith. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. Time is funny. Sometimes it seems fast, another time slow. When it comes to time slots remaining on Alternative Talk 1150, time is running out. In fact, there are just a few primetime slots available. So if you want to host your own radio program, the time to call 425-653-1150 is right now. Nope, no time for excuses. Dial 425-653-1150 to find out how affordable it can be to host a radio show. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. 
He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. Right, right. Now, it, it, it was just a, 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 a wonderful lesson in looking at the whole picture. You know what I mean? And I, and I love that because I think sometimes, and we've been talking about this throughout the pandemic on the show. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, they're only focusing on, you know, I got to get out of this hole. I got to get out of the pandemic. I just got to survive uh, the pandemic. But there's a duality as far as like there's also surviving through the pandemic. But there's also uh, what are you going to become after this thing is over? As you know, like we said earlier, you know, things are starting to open up and stuff like that. And so a lot of the successful entrepreneurs are, have been thinking the entire time, what do we want to be uh, when we come out of this thing? And so when I read that story in the book, it reminded me of a, of a, of a running conversation we've been having here on the show, Curtis. So I appreciate that insight and, and putting that in the book, brother. Yeah, I love that you're thinking about that. It's such an important topic right now. For sure. For sure. You know, and, and speaking of the book, man, you, you are a classic educator, right? Because this is one of those books where it's an active book, right? You have QR codes, you have exercises in there. It's one of those books, be, you know, it's a book, but it goes so much beyond almost like a like a textbook or something like that, man. Kind of talk about some of those exercises and making this a more active book than it is just one you just read and just kind of throw up on the shelf. Yeah, I, I noticed in my life as an entrepreneur, when I would read books about business and that, that I would read it and get all excited and, you know, kind of jazzed about it and then um, put it on the shelf. And then the next day I'd wake up and there were the alligators again. Right. And, right. and, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm back in the swamp wrestling the alligators. And, um, and I, I wanted this book to be different. I wanted it to um, actually be um, actionable. I wanted it to, you right. know, be able to be implemented in everyday life. So at the end of every chapter, um, there's a QR code. You can scan it with your phone and it'll automatically take you to the website. And there's, um, there's things like um, calculators to see you know, how, your, how your growth rate is. There's things like um, the, we talked about the peace plan and the power hour. There's um, downloadable printable um, sheets that you can go and, and create your own power hour or your own peace plan. Um, there's 
all these different things that you can go and, and you can actually implement what you're learning in the book and, and make it more real for your life and your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I, I love it. So, and, and speaking of uh, being an educator, I know you're there uh, at the university of Utah. Kind of talk about the work that you're, you're doing there, if you don't mind. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Of course. Yeah. I, I I'm helping the university of Utah with, um, it's a, it's an amazing program. It's called the collared initiative on technology. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the college initiative on technology, the purpose is to create the most digitally literate students in the world, regardless of degree. So that. if a student is, if they're you know, a, a communications major, business major, a dance major, it doesn't matter, medical student, doesn't matter what degree, um, we help them layer on top of their degree technology so that they can be multifaceted as they go into the modern world. And um, these students are, they're amazing students. I, I love these students. I've got so many incredible ones. Um, and they, they come at life with a different perspective. They're so excited to make the world a better place. And they know that technology is important in doing that. And so, um, so we offer them an additional certificate that layers on top of their degree that gives them a real leg up um, when they're interviewing, but also when they go into the workforce they understand how the modern world works as far as artificial intelligence, um, blockchain, Bitcoin, um, app development. They, they have this incredible um, girth of knowledge that really helps them um, in, in their everyday life and helps them advance quickly and helps their companies too to keep up with the modern times. Right. Right. No, I, I definitely understand that. And I appreciate that. I guess I'm curious about something, you know, uh, because uh, like, are there any like, but like, but like benchmarks that you guys are trying to set with that? Because, you know, like you, everything's almost becoming digitized these days. Right. I'm, I'm curious about like, what's the benchmark to kind of measure success uh, for that? Have you guys set that, you know, over there at the University of Utah or is it kind of like you just trying to like just kind of equip people with skills? I guess I'm curious. What's the end goal there? Yeah. Yeah. It's. So having been an entrepreneur all of my life, um, never working in education until, until just recently, right. um, I, you know, I had this demand in my own business. I needed people that were technically adept. Right. I needed people that understood what it took to, to build the latest technologies, and I couldn't hire them fast enough. So I actually went to the universities and said, listen, if you, if you can't produce them, I'll, I'll teach them myself. And right. so um, I was teaching students along with running my companies so that they could come work for me. And, um, and so a couple measures of success is one is the number of, of students that receive the digital literacy certificate. But then also, um, how many of those get jobs right. and where, where do they start in their jobs? What's their pay level, et cetera. And so measuring, you know, what is the effect of, of creating a digital literacy certificate on top of their degree? Now, are they starting at a higher paying job? Are they advancing more quickly? Those type of measures. Gotcha. No, that, that, that's important because as, as we move forward, uh, you know, uh, in, in this, you know, uh, no, cause, cause it's kind of like, look, 
since the pandemic, like before the pandemic, we were, you know, we were kind of slowly moving into a remote space, right? Like working from home and stuff like that. The pandemic kind of forced us even faster in that regard. So what you're doing is extremely important. So I was just curious about like, you know, what does success look like uh, with that program? Because, you know, we're absolutely seeing a, a lot of people that have a lot of, you know, uh, knowledge about things, but applying it can be a bit difficult. So that, 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 uh, uh, that the work that you're doing is just super important. So I wanted to kind of talk about that and highlight that a little bit, if you, you know, so I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It's, it's fun to talk about the, the other side of my life. Though. <laughs> yeah. Most, most people talk about just the entrepreneurship side, but yeah, working at the university of Utah with, um, the Dean Taylor Randall, um, amazing man, definitely an entrepreneur in his own right, as well as Heather Collar, the, the benefactor of the Colorado Initiative on Technology. She has such incredible vision. So fun. Gotcha. Well, don't be upset with me because I'm about to switch it back to the entrepreneurship a little bit. So, uh, but, <laughs> uh, but, but in that same vein, right, you're, you're, you know, you're there, you know, teaching at the University of Utah with this program and stuff like that. And I was just recently reading a book that talked about, you know, startups around the country, right? You know, everybody thinks that in order to be, you know, uh, everybody thinks that like, you know, Silicon Valley, New York, you know, now we're starting to see a lot of them bubble up in like, you know, South Florida, Atlanta, Nashville, places like that. Right. But also in Utah, there's like, there's a very growing, fast growing startup community there. And you're kind of there in, in the, you know, on the, the grassroots level a little bit. Kind of share with us what's going on in Utah in that startup community. Oh, it is. It is so fun. It is just incredible. We call it the Silicon Slopes. I hear that. So, <laughs> I hear that. We've got the we got the Silicon Valley out in California. We got the Silicon Slopes here because of all the amazing mountains and snow. Right. And and it, it's incredible. We've got you know actually, if I remember correctly, we've got the most new unicorn companies of any state mm-hmm. in the country. Yep. Um, meaning over a billion dollar valuation. Um, as well, uh, it's it's just constant. We're we're ranked in the top five, if not number one or number two spot in places to start a company, right. um, start a new business, and and the the environment is just vibrant. It is so fun. The universities are pumping out these incredible students, so they fuel all these startups. And um, and one thing that's really fun and really unique about Utah is there's a real camaraderie. Um, I've, I've seen the, the, a little more of the cutthroat environment in New York and, and right. California and right. other states, but here in Utah, it really seems like that when an entrepreneur succeeds, it doesn't become a territorial thing or, you know, like I'm going to protect or guard myself. Now it becomes, Hey, now that I'm on top of my mountain, it's time to reach back and help others climb theirs. Right. And, um, there's such an amazing um, environment of fellowship and just helping one another and saying, Hey, what can I do for you? It's just an incredible organization or several organizations. Um, there's one called, um, tribe house or tribalry that just connects people and, and gets people helping each other. For sure. For sure. No, like I said, like, you know, we've been seeing that, you know, uh, they're out of Utah for quite a while now. So just curious, you know, when we talk to somebody, uh, from the general area to kind of get their sense of, you know, uh, what's going on there. I'm always fascinated about startup communities that are kind of outside of the, you know, the traditional places that people like to kind of uh, talk about or or fantasize about, I guess, a little bit. 
uh, for sure. Once again, it's time to make sure we're actually wrapping up with Curtis J. Morley, the author of The Entrepreneur's Paradox, How to Overcome the 16 Pitfalls Along the Startup Journey. And once again, Startup Nation, if you want to get a copy of this book, I highly suggest that you do. Uh, make sure you check out the link in the show notes. We have easy access there uh, for sure. And if you're listening on replay, if you're listening on radio, you can get it wherever your favorite books are sold. So Curtis, man, big question here. Hope you're ready for it. So look, you've had this amazing uh, career in entrepreneurship. It's still still going, serial entrepreneur. You wrote this amazing book. Uh, but you know, th- there comes a day where, man, you start to wind it down and you hang up and you hang up the, you know, uh, hang up the boots a little bit, the working boots a little bit, right? And let's say you're at a you know a retirement party, you get in the golden watch and stuff like that, and people get up to speak speak you know about who Curtis was and stuff like that. Who, what do you hope they say who Curtis was and what he did on this planet while he was here? Hmm. Well, that is a deep one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's a deep one, but a good one. Yeah, we we Uh, talk about legacy here on the time, right? Like, you know, there's one thing about like, you know, starting a company and like, you know, getting all the books and the boats that we talked about earlier. But but there's one after a while, I mean, you start to think about your legacy, right? So that's why we asked that. You know, along with all the companies I started, I was I was lucky enough to be able to work at Franklin Covey and um, have interactions with Dr. Stephen Covey. I hear that. um, and he, he always talks about the 80th birthday. Mm. Uh, what do you want people to celebrate on your 80th birthday? There it is. And, and I think one thing that, that would really be meaningful to me is, is if, if they were talking about me and saying, you know, who was Curtis, the, one of the biggest things would be, um, he was someone that cared. He was that. someone that really wanted to help others. I heard that. I heard that. No, I appreciate that because, you know, and, and I can tell like, you know, what you're doing at the University of Utah, what you're doing with this book, uh, you're definitely reaching back on that mountain and try to help other people get up to the top of that mountain. So I definitely appreciate that for sure. And before I ask the last question, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for writing this book. Once again, that book is The Entrepreneur's Paradox. Startup Nation, we have a link there in the show notes for easy access. So you can go ahead and purchase uh, that book. But man, look, I'm just going to turn the microphone over to you a little bit, man. Look, with everything going on, we just want some words of encouragement for today. Take us out for today with some words of encouragement, if you don't mind, Curtis. That's great. So the <clears throat> right now in the world, it's hard. It is. And there's there's so many things that are changing and there's so many new normals that we have to adjust to. And, and with that, there's also so much opportunity. There's, there's incredible amount of opportunity. And I I look at the stats, I look at, you know, the idea of based on the national Bureau of labor statistics, they say 30% of businesses will go out of business in their first year and 50 will go out of business in the first five years. And I actually don't believe that at all. I know that's what the data says, but I don't believe businesses fail. Right. I believe entrepreneurs quit. Mm. And there's a big difference. The, the end result is the business shuts down, but I don't believe they fail. I believe entrepreneurs quit and, and they don't have to. There's a better way to do business. And there were so many times in, in my first couple of businesses, there, there were a couple of times where I actually was 
you know, a little bit short on payroll and sold my car just to make payroll. Wow. <laughs> and, and I did that more than once, honestly. <laughs> and uh, on a hard loan, bought it back the next week. Um, but the, the point is that entrepreneurs are amazing creatures. Entrepreneurs have this indefatigable drive to make it work no matter what. And that's what makes America great. That's what makes this country so successful is because there is a better way and you can contribute to this world. Whatever you're doing, it makes a difference. And being able to tap into that contribution is, is something that'll help get you up out of bed every morning with a smile on your face and encouragement ready to meet the day. I hear that. I hear that. Awesome stuff. And that's going to wrap up this session of the style of life. We want to once again, thank Curtis J. Morley, uh, author of the entrepreneur's paradox for coming on the show. Thank you so much, my man. Thanks, Dominic. It's been a true pleasure for sure. And as always, startup nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on a show, send us a message. Our contact information is there in the show notes, or feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Go ahead and follow us while you're at it. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and be sure to hit us with that five-star rating. We would really appreciate that. Be sure to check out the show's website and its startup blog, where either I or some of the world's best business minds share content that will give you the edge you need in your journey, whether that's the path of entrepreneurship or climbing the corporate ladder. Subscribe to our Patreon to listen to ad-free episodes, exclusive content, and digital products that we are beginning to offer. And if you want to be part of the conversation, join the Startup Life podcast on Clubhouse to have the ability to talk directly to some of our guests. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life.